streets. Anybody awake up in here? Man, we uh, somebody's feeling free in church. Come on. We uh, we have found another favorite church to come and hang out at. And uh, first first night we were here, we we're friends. By this time, we're family. So I. I don't know. I just, I, I absolutely love your, your pastors. They're crazy. They're amazing. I've said it last night that some things just aren't fair. Pastor J.O. is older than me. He's bald like me, but he's got a better tan than me. You know what I'm saying? Like just, and he's ripped. And uh, we love your pastors, full of grace and wisdom. And this, this church is just, our youth pastor says it like this, man, they are lit. You guys are off the chains. You guys are just legit. It's there's a presence of God here. It's so fun. And the, gen- the, the generational mix is just incredible. And, uh, and I love it. I love the presence of God here. And uh, so well done, team. You guys are crazy cool. And uh, God is welcomed in this place. And so I feel right at home. And again, what an honor it is for me to hang out with some of my heroes of faith. Pastors Bob and Sue are just great heroes of ours. Uh, Elena actually was raised in their youth ministry back in Portland. And, um, and I was mentored by Pastor Bob for many years uh, in youth ministry, taught me in Bible college. He would bring missions, trips, uh, teams down to uh, Brazil back in the day. Church planter. He coached us in planting our church and, and has been an apostolic voice in my life and uh, love and admire them. Pastor Bob, you're the man. I love you. Fun hanging out with family. Let's tell Pastor Bob and Sue how much we appreciate them. What, a, what an honor it is to be here. Amen. Man, there's just an electricity here, and that's, that's the presence of God. There, there's a heavenly sound here, and there's an atmosphere of faith here today. And uh, I don't know about you, but God actually responds to hunger. Did you know that? When people are hungry, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Someone's going to get filled today. God's into atmosphere, and uh, so much so that he took five days before he even created man in his image, and that's called setting the tone or creating an atmosphere. God is into atmosphere, and, and in this mix right here with faith and hunger, when they collide, draw near unto me, the Bible says, and I will draw near unto you. And there is an atmosphere of faith and hunger here today, and I, I believe that God's going to do some significant things. He has already, but he's going to continue. Amen, somebody? The Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there is what? Fullness of joy. That in the presence of the Lord, the hills, they they melt like what? Like wax. So whatever kind of hill or mountain or opposition you're facing, I believe that right here today in this place, something's just going to have to melt. Something's going to have to bow. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to just share with you. And um, I'm going to just lead us right into Joshua chapter 6 and uh, preach a few verses right at you and with you. And then we're going to uh, prophesy and we're going to have a good time together. So your church, you guys are hungry for the word. And I just, I feel, I, f- I feel it. And I, I believe that God's going to bring an impartation. My assignment today is to just come and encourage you and to infuse you even with more faith and to encourage you because God has great things in store for this house. Prophetically speaking, I felt earlier this week, God says, get ready because it's time to cast your nets on the other side. There is, there is a multitude that the Lord is prepping to bring into this house at this location and many other locations that you will connect to. In Honduras, Dios te bendiga. That's about as much as I'm going to say in Spanish today, in Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> um, 
But I feel like the Lord says, get ready, because he's about to do something. It's a, it's a season of growth. And we always like saying that as pastors, it's a season of growth. And then when the church isn't growing numerically, it's like, no, it's a growth of maturity and spiritual growth. But I, I think it's both. I sense that God says that not only are you going to go deeper, but you're going to go wider. And so I'm going to come back around to this point a little bit later. But this is a prophetic moment. But look at what Joshua, what we find in Joshua chapter 6, because we're talking about the sound. It says, now the gates of Jericho, they were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Some of y'all are afraid of your Jerichos, but the fact is the enemy fears you. Someone needs to hear that. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. Somebody needs to understand this, that God has a Jericho for you that he's already given you. It's your promised land, but there's some squatters that are hanging out, and God's going to give you the authority, the boldness, the courage to go and drive them out. Somebody say amen. amen. I said last night that at our church, we're in the hood, y'all, so we have... We got, first time I preached in San Francisco, this gangster in the back, I'm preaching and I'm a white guy and he, he stands up and says, go ahead. And I'm like, what? And after about the fifth time, I realized he was amening me. <laughs> right? So I, uh, I'm going to make myself right at home. If you agree with whatever I preach, you can holler at your boy and say, go ahead. Or you can say, amen, or preach a preacher. So let's practice. Go ahead. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. Verse 3, it says, you and your fighting men, they should march around the town once a day for six days, and seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, and each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around town seven times with the priests blowing the horn. Someone say worship. worship. Someone say strategies. Strategy. Someone say systems. System. The anointing, the supernatural with God's strategies produces results. Come on, somebody. So here's God instructing Joshua, get the people ready because you're going to do this and you're going to do this and it's going to be a little crazy. It's going to be out of the ordinary, but I'm going to give you a strategy. How many of you know that oftentimes God's ways are very weird? Yeah. <laughs> Unconventional. They're strange. You want us to do what? <laughs> when you hear, verse 5, when you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. The walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua, he called, the, he called together the priests and he said, take, the, uh, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to all the people, march around the town and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. And after Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the, the ram's horns, they started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched and the ark of the Lord's covenant and it followed them, followed behind them. Some of the armed men, they marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horns. Someone say worship. worship. He says, do not shout. Do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Again, strategies. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. That'll preach right there. Sometimes we want to talk. Sometimes we want to get ahead of God's timing and God's will, but sometimes we got to zip it and just follow God's instructions. Amen, somebody? So not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend, spend the night in the camp. Verse 15, on the seventh day, the Israelites, they got up, at, got up at dawn, and they marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went, they went around the town seven times. And on, on the seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people to shout, for the Lord has given you the town. And verse 20, when the people heard the... When the people heard the... 
One more time. When the people heard the of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed. I love the suddenlies of God in Scripture. Acts chapter 2. Suddenly, a sound. Suddenly. God just steps in suddenly and just says, hey, I'm here. Some of us are, are waiting for the breakthroughs and we're waiting, but there is a suddenly moment coming if you would just trust him, if you'll just be obedient to him. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites, they charged straight into the town and captured it. Now this generation of Israelites, they weren't born in Egypt, except for Joshua and Caleb. All of this was the new generation. And you know what? They stared at Jericho for many, many years, possibly up to almost 40 years. Jericho was just on the other side of their breakthrough. Jericho was just on the other side of their Jordan River. Maybe you've been staring down some Jerichos for a long time. As we study this out, Jericho was only about five miles on the other side, the western side of the Jordan River. The walls were so tall, they're over 40 feet tall, and there are two sets of walls, the outer walls and the inner walls. The walls, the inner walls were so wide, you could actually, they say, scholars say that you could actually drive a, a, some horses and a chariot at the top. They're over six feet wide. Fortified cities, like, dang, why were the walls so tall? Because there's a lot of people inside that needed to be killed. <laughs> That's not very politically correct. Those were really tall walls. Because when worship will come around and the atmosphere was created and a sound erupted. These walls would collapse and they would kill those that were opposing the people of God. I could preach that for a minute right there, but Jericho, as we studied out, it wasn't that large actually. As I studied it out, it was about nine acres of land. So when, when we do the math and how long would it take to actually march around at once, it'd probably be about a 45 minute jog or a walk. So you walk around and it's like your 45 minute walk for, for six days. Then on the seventh day, they're going to go around seven times. It's going to be about a three and a half hour walk. That's one person. You, you gather several hundred thousand, maybe a few million people marching around. There's some, there's some atmosphere going on right there. What are your Jerichos? What are you staring at? What have you been looking at for a while? Maybe for you, your Jericho has been your marriage that's been on the rocks. Like, man, my marriage hasn't been healthy. Maybe it's been a health situation in your family, maybe in your own body or a family member that you love. What are the fortified cities in your life that God has spoken prophetic words over you, but it's like, man, for whatever reason, I have to coexist with this. No, you don't. We're going to explore just the, for a few moments here, and I feel like this is a God assignment to encourage you today. God has a promised land, but with the promised land, there are some giants that you have to overcome. But he is with you, and he's going to help you. So in this context right here, Hebrews 11, verse 30, it says, And it was by faith that the people of Israel, they marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. It's amazing how oftentimes we come and we praise for just a little bit, and then we stop. How do we, how do we conquer these Jerichos in our lives? And I love this thought again that the people of Jericho, they were freaking out. They were looking at the Israelites on the other side of the Jordan River like, oh my gosh, there is more of them than there are of us. Even though I'm surrounded. How's the song go again? <laughs> the fact is there's more with us on our camp than what's in his camp. You need to get this. You got to understand this, that greater is he that is in you than he that is against you. 
couple things that I want you to know today. Number one, I want you to know that God has a promised land for you. He has rewards for you. And it's your opportunity and privilege to go and conquer it. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Because some of you here today, you're saying, you know what? My best days are behind me. I have my moment. I have my chance. But I've, uh, I've kind of blown it from, from time to time. I've made some poor choices, and now I've got to live with it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The enemy will love to, incur, to, to try to uh, convince you that your best days are behind you. That you've already tapped into all the rewards. There's nothing good. You just got to coexist until the end of this journey, and then it's done. I'm here to remind you that God's mercies, they are new every morning. There are free refills where that comes from. Come on, somebody. That God's grace is sufficient for you. Your best days aren't behind you. They're right now. They're right now. They're today. It's important for us to believe that. Some of you guys feel like your marriage, there's no hope. That when it comes to career or financial advancement, it's like, no, I'm just going to cheer someone else on. The same God that promises you breakthrough, the same God that promises you your rewards, he's the God that provides the breakthrough, and you have to trust him. You have to thank him. you got to believe him. I'm preaching to somebody that needs to hear that word today. The enemy wants you to thank all these things that are against the word of God, undermining people's thoughts, undermining people's dreams. Here's a second truth that I want you to know today, that each city or reward that God has for you, each promised place that he has, each victory that he's promised for you, it comes with enemies. It's part of the territory. Have you ever like thought to yourself, like, why is it that when God created uh, uh, Adam and Eve and he created this perfect world, why is it that he would send the devil and all his demons to, to share the same real estate? What was he thinking? Have you ever thought of that, of that before? Because we were created in the image of God to be worshipers and warriors. Worshipers and warriors. God actually, part of Satan's judgment, part of Lucifer's judgment is that God would send him and cast him down to this earth for a season. And he would be judged by who? By us. And then eternal damnation. And that's humiliating. Why? Because we were created a little bit less than the angels. And God says, you're going to be exalted in pride. I'm going to reduce you to become even lesser than them. And they're going to rule over you. When it says in Genesis chapter 1, and he blessed them. And he says, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue and take dominion. He's not talking about subduing those little lions. Be nice, little lions. He's not talking about that. Those are warfare terms. You and I were created to do war. But because of sin and how that entered the garden, we forfeited our authority to overcome the enemy. We became slaves to sin. You understand the concept? And it wasn't until Jesus stepped onto the scene where then he took the keys and he conquered the, 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 the grave and he conquered, overca- overcame the devil. And he says, all authority, come on somebody, has been given to me. Therefore, all of a sudden he says, you know what? I'm bringing you back to the original plan. Worshippers and warriors. And there are Jerichos that you've been destined to conquer. It's part of your spiritual DNA. So when you're facing hell, when you're going through difficult times, listen, it's part of your call. That's why God has placed you here. And if you had nothing to conquer, you would be miserable. Ooh, somebody needs to get that. If this journey was just a cakewalk and there were no enemies to conquer, you would be miserable actually. 
Why? Because you're not fulfilling your prophetic destiny. You're called to conquer. You're called to destroy some Jerichos. Somebody needs to get that. If someone told you, man, if you give your life to Jesus, it's going to just be like a smooth journey all the way to heaven. They're lying. Or they're ignorant. They're just dumb. You're created for war. Some of you are like, I hate fighting. I hate confrontation. Thankfully, you don't have to march around Jericho seven times every day. Life comes in seasons. And God gives us the ability to rest from time to time, but then there's a time to charge the mountain. And I have a hunch in my spirit that 2019, for some of you all right here, it is your year of breakthrough. You've been staring down some Jericho walls for a long time. Enough is enough. It is time to get ready to go march and to blow the trumpets. And there is a sound that is coming that will bring deliverance. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit. God loves to just make fun of the enemy. Like, man, that person ain't very spiritual. And this is so humiliating because God works through average people. And he does extraordinary things through ordinary folks that believe his word. It's embarrassing. Shameful. It's a spectacle of the power of our God. Come on, somebody. You might think, I'm not very spiritual. I'm not ripped or yoked like Pastor J.O. But will you believe God's word? Number three, the third thing I want you to know today, just to be encouraged. God promises to help you win and to claim your prize. He says, not only do I have a promised land for you. Yeah, there's going to be some battles, but I'm going with you. You're not even going alone. I'm crashing your party because you thought you were going to go by yourself. You ain't. I'm going with you. I'm going in front of you, behind you, next to you. I'm in this. I'm invested. I'm with you. So when you go to battle, you're not going alone. The Ark of the Covenant speaks of the very presence of God. The presence of God was at the very core of that worship service. God says, I'm not just sending you. I'm going with you. Wherever you go, even through hell, I will go with you. And I'm going to see to it that you overcome. You got to remember that. Some of you need to like, be reminded. God is invested. He loves being a part of your journey. And we can't do this without him in the first place. So he has to go. He says, but I'm going to go with you. That was the promise that God actually made to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. He says, be strong and of good courage. And he emphasized that several times. And at the end he says, and by the way, I'm going with you. I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. You got to be reminded of that. When I preach to our church, I always try to emphasize, this is what you got to know. And this is why you got to know. But then this is what you got to do. These are my action steps. Are you ready? This is what we should do. What do we do? Number one, we got to trust God completely and obey him fully. How many of you know that partial obedience is still disobedience? And delayed obedience is still disobedience. Some of you are like, all right, I'll start this like next week. I'm going to do my thing for just another 24 hours. No, you don't. Trust God completely and obey him fully. Why? Because God has a perfect will. He's got a perfect plan. He's got a perfect timing. Anything outside of that is sin. You ain't playing this on your terms. 
It's not on your terms. Okay, God, I'm just doing you a favor. I'm just going to go ahead and do this now. Shut up. (laughs) It's God's ways. Amen, somebody? So trust God. Someone say completely and obey him fully. All right, second action step real quick. Fight hard and conquer all. (laughs) If God's promised you a big old house, don't just take over the front room. Reminded of the, the prophet, the king summoned the prophet. The prophet was about to die, and the prophet makes this bodacious statement, and he says, man, open the window, grab this bow and arrow, launch. By the way, that, that right there is a, you got to understand, when it comes to the prophetic, there's what we call prophetic potential. There's God's perfect will, but then there's times when we don't do our part, so the prophetic will of God sometimes isn't fulfilled because we haven't been quick to obey. Ooh. So all of a sudden, you see the example of the prophet and the king. And then the, the, the prophet tells the king, grab these arrows and strike the ground. Every time you strike the ground, you're going to overcome these enemies and whatnot. And he says, all right, I'll do that. Sounds a little strange. <laughs> guy's getting a little old around here. and <sighs> Strikes it three times. And then he stops. Should have kept on going. Because this isn't just about you. It's generations to come. It's about you, your family, your grandchildren, your co-workers, your fellow students at your campus. It's not about just you. So your victory, you're like the fullback breaking through. Keep going. Keep going. Keep striking those arrows. Conquer all that God has for you. Don't settle for just one win or two or three. Go crazy claim everything that God has for you and we're taking my kids to this one theme park and they have this little bubble and the money floating around you pay a few dollars you get in there and if you can catch these dollar bills as many as you collect you can take them home with you have you ever done that taking your kids to one of those before it was ridiculous like what a scam (laughs) you pay 10 bucks to get in there and the kid only grabs one dollar bill like come on bruh like I'm thinking, if I get in there, I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to create a net with this thing. I'm going to collect as much of this stuff as I can. Some of you guys are praying and you're like, yes, I just got my breakthrough. Be greedy. Fight hard. Conquer all that God has for you. Why? If you don't show up and you don't put up, the enemy won't give up. Oh, think about that. You got to show up and you got to put up. And if you don't, he's not going to back down. He's not going to give up. Do your part. Final, final thought here and then we're done. Third action step. Work at it diligently and invest yourself intentionally. You got to work at this. While the people of God were going through the wilderness, they couldn't grow crops there. They couldn't grow anything. They depended upon divine provision, manna every morning. But when they went into their promised land, all of a sudden they had to work. They had to plant some seed. Manna didn't come to the promised land. Some of y'all like, man, God's been so good. I'm just going to keep waiting on his goodness. No, you got to get to work. You got to do something. As he gives you something, as he blesses you, you got to do your part. He does the difficult part, but you got to do your part. Invest yourself. Give yourselves fully to whatever it is the Lord has for you. I'm going to close with these two verses in Philippians. It says this in Philippians 3.12. You're familiar with this. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess. Someone say Jericho. 
I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, Paul says, I have not achieved this, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. And finally, he also says in Philippians 4, for I can do everything through what? Through Christ who gives me strength. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Somebody needed to be infused, infused with some courage today. The enemy's been harassing you. You've been looking at those big old Jericho walls and like, man, there's just no hope for me. I'm going to pray for missionaries instead. <laughs> this is your year of breakthrough. The sound brings a breakthrough. There's a breakthrough for you. What, what is it for you? What is it that you're believing for in this season that you're walking into? What is it that that you're believing with faith is, you know what? I need to believe this for my family or for my coworker or for what is it that you're believing for? I want to I pray this prayer. Would you raise your hands to heaven with me? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are present here. I thank you for your anointing that breaks the heavy yoke. I thank you, Lord, for your, your spirit that rests upon your people because we're not here to just coexist with the enemy, but we're here to take ground. We're here to take territory. We're here to overcome. Because of you, we are more than conquerors. So, Father, I pray for courage to be released. I pray for faith to be released. I pray for clarity of mind and purpose. Father, there's some folks that have their heads are spinning. Lord, they're confused. Father, they're dazed and confused because of past disappointments. But, Father, I pray for a restart and a reset now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, give us clarity, clarity of vision for the season that is ahead. Give us courage that we would be strong. Lord, that we would charge the promised land that you have for us. Lord, and we believe that there is a sound that you will, uh, that you will release upon our circumstances. There is a sound by the voice of the Holy Spirit that will bring down these walls. Uh, these things that have harassed your people, we say enough is enough. Let breakthrough come in the name of Jesus. Jesus and everybody with a loud shout said amen. amen praise the Lord God bless you guys you may be seated when about our prophetic team to come I'm gonna give you this wow Where's uh, my sister who, there you are, you were up here leading worship today, Stand right up, you're staring at me with a nice beautiful smile, striped shirt, black sweater, now you're just smiling because you just love Jesus. We had a guy come to our church, talk to our church on, on just doing street ministry, signs, wonders, and that type of thing, and he had everybody just say this expression, say, I'm packing, you know, I'm packing, he was just saying, you know, we got the anointing in us, you know, I'm packing. Well, you're packing. You have an incredible authority in the spirit. Not just that you can sing and worship and you've got a great heart of worship. In fact, if you're going to be in warfare, you've got to worship because the battle belongs to who? 
the Lord. Okay, so you need to know where the power comes from and who's really doing the fighting, but you unleash the fighting through your declarations, and you got a great authority in the Spirit. There is a prophetess's mantle on you. Prophetic word is in you. And there's a flow that comes out of you that you don't even have to work up and stir up. And someone just said, well, you pray for me, all of a sudden a fountain just bubbles up and just begins to flow. And all of a sudden you find yourself saying things. You didn't premeditate, they just kind of come out of you. You're just, you're just speaking. Because God's gonna use you in the area of intercession. God's gonna use you in the area of intercessory worship. And I counsel you to read a book by Dick Eastman called Worship Intercession. Dick Eastman is the grandfather of the intercession movement. It's an incredible book. But the Bible says this, you are holy who you inhabit and dwell in the praises of your people. And there is, there is, is just in Jehoshaphat's day as they put the choir in front of the army. Okay, the Lord sent ambushments and ambushes and caused confusion in the enemy's camp. And they all turned on each other and Israel reaped, Judah reaped the spoil. Well, you're going to understand these things. You're going to go into deeper intercession. You're going to fight for situations. You're going to move mountains. God's going to use you. There's going to be invitations. You're going to go outside of this house for you to come and, and minister. And you're going to sing and you're going to exhort and you're going to begin to prophesy over people just like we're prophesying over people. And uh, there's, a, there's a broadening of your anointing. It's just there. You're just undiscovered. So we're, we're, we're agents. Okay, we're not agents to make actors, we're agents to find vessels. And I'm an agent right now, and I've just discovered a star. And you're gonna come out in Jesus' name with that authority, and you're gonna unleash the, the, the authority and the presence of heaven into situations. Even in this house, you'll lead intercession at times, and you'll lead people in intercession, and, and you, you'll rally intercession. You got a loyal heart, you got a loyal spirit. You're just, you know, I'm just a common girl born to a common family, doing a common thing, but you're not common. Amos said, I was neither the prophet nor the son of a prophet. But man, he got into the Bible. So you're going to be that way. It doesn't matter what your lineage is. It doesn't matter who your dad was. It doesn't matter that, you know, you came out of common stock. God put his hand on you. And if he was born in a stable and came from little town of Bethlehem and came from Nazareth with nothing good comes out of, and he was a son of God, you're going to take you out of commonness and he's going to take you into greatness. So Father, in Jesus' name, we just release your anointing on this young lady right now that the prophetic flow is going to flow out of her revelation and prophecy warfare worship warfare causing people to pray together to move mountains and change the atmosphere situations we thank you for the mantle that's on her that God that comes out of a burning flame in her spirit you're baptized with the spirit and with fire and it consumes you in Jesus name amen amen young lady right here the Lord, uh, Lord's doing a great work in your life. And, the, and, and the, the beautiful thing about it is you cooperate with his working. He's doing healing processes and he's, he's changing you from the inside out. And one of the great things that you got going for you is your rawness, your raw transparency, your raw vulnerability. 
Sometimes you're a little shock and awe, you know, but you kind of spill out, well, I did this, and, and it's spelled out in detail at two seconds, like, whoa, TMI. But, you know, it's just your honesty. You're just, I just want to get all the dirt out there. I just want to get all the junk out there. I just want to get it all out because I want Jesus to clean every bit of it. And then, you know what? He is just so, so impressed with this, and he is so, he is so pleased with this. And you know what? Your junk is not intimidating to him. A broken and a contrite heart who could deny he will never despise that he says you know what God said bring it on just keep bringing it on just keep getting it out and getting it out and getting it out and more healing and more healing and more healing and more healing is going to take place and there's going to be a day where he's going to take your morning and he's going to turn it into dancing you're in a morning season right now but you're in also a surgical season right now and God's going to take you through this surgical season. He's going to get you to the other side. You just be confident of this. People are going to rally around you. Sometimes you think like, you know, I'm a nuisance. I'm a pain in the rear end. I'm just, I'm high maintenance. Come on, you don't say that anymore. You're a candidate for the body to love on you. You're a candidate for the grace of God to restore you. You keep pouring it out. You keep being who you are. You're like the woman who kissed Jesus' feet and washed his feet with her tears and her hairs. And you're a Luke 7 woman. And Jesus has forgiven you. Jesus is restoring you. Jesus is going to use you. You got this down? Come on, from this moment on, you're going to say, man, God knew my number, and I'm moving forward in life. Amen. 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 You know, when you, when you don't preach, Jay, you got a lot more energy to prophesy. I'll tell you that much. John John can rest for a second. After the first service, I got done. I was just like done after I got done preaching. Young man, woo. Stand up for me, please, por favor. Right. I'm going to tell you something about you. You love Jesus, born again. Focus. It's the kingdom of God. You got your hand on the plow. You're not looking back. You're not, you're not double-minded. You're not divided in your interest. But God has graced you with a brilliant mind. Brilliant mind. You can do mass research. You can accumulate more information in one day than some people could do in a, in a year. And you have a great, you're like a sponge. Your mind's like a bear trap. Whatever you read, you have comprehension. It goes off the charts. And God's going to use you to do two things. He's going to use you as a great teacher in the days that lie ahead. You're going to be a teacher of the Word of God. I'm talking like 10 to 20 years from now, people will be in awe of what comes out of you. The second thing you will do in that teaching is that your tongue's just going to be loosed. You're going to have a, a tongue of an eloquent man. You're going to have an Apollos anointing on you. The Bible says he was mighty in Scripture and eloquent in speech. And you're going to be Apollos. That's who you are. You're going to smooth as butter. I'm not smooth as butter. I mispronounce words and misuse uh, idioms. And my wife's constantly correcting me. I just get it out. Okay? It just gets in here. I get it out. And people seem to understand. But not you. You're going to flow. I, I hate people like you. But, then, but, the, but, the, but the third thing that you're going to do is that you're going to have, you're going to be, in the days of light ahead, you'll be the author of many, many, many books. And, uh, you know, you're not going to write a little story in the back of, you know, Jesus Magazine. Okay, you're going to write books. You're going to be a great thinker in your generation. From this point on, how old are you? 21. From this point on, you, you, you get yourself harnessed into the thing of what God's called you into. And don't you look back. You get yoked. 
you give yourself to it, and you're gonna be a scholar for Jesus. There's a couple in the very back row with a child. And uh, I don't know if you could stand. I'm looking at you. You have a hat on with a little baby and a wife, of course. I'm just going to go for it. Lord, I just thank you for this couple. I see that they have been through um, quite, a, quite a journey of uh, stuff and some nonsense, things that were done to them. And the Lord comes today to bring you into family again and says, I am the Lord, your God. It's brought you out of the land of Egypt, a place that was a slavery to you and to a place of freedom. I come this day to bring you out with your family as a leader of your home, as the, as the, the Father, I put in you a Father's heart that you have not known. I cast on you a, a responsibility that I will equip you with. And the two of you are going to find a land of fruitfulness. You're going to find a land of plenty. You heard the words today and you, you almost said, anyone but me, because I don't deserve it. But God is saying you do deserve because I've called you out. I'm putting a mantle on you, a mantle of a father, a father. And you're going to see in the days ahead, even young ones come to you and call you daddy. Many that aren't even of your own family, but your family is going to prosper. You're not going to go down. The Lord says, I will prosper you and I will make you a great family, a family to be known in this house. And I'm going to lift up your name. And I'm going to restore to you things that the enemy's ripped off from you. Mark my words. Mark my words. God is going to bless you beyond your imagination as you stay close to him. Amen. My sister right here. Um, you right there. Yeah. With the cool necklace. I Yeah. I just see that, you don't have to stand, but there's a, um, there's a transformation in your life as well. I see you love beautiful things. I see that you love creative things. And I see that you love having security. And yet, it seems like things have slipped out of your hands. Every time you've tried to reach for something, it's slipped away. And God is coming today to restore and to bring a beauty back into your life and to bring a wholeness to your life, a restoration to your life. Um, there's a the scripture that, you know, he's turned my dancing into joy. And to me... There is a dance in you, and I, I don't know if you dance, but there's an abandonment in you, a release to the, of, of all the cares, and it's a beautiful thing. It's an example to others. And your story is a beautiful story that needs also to be told from a, 
in a, in a setting, in a small group setting maybe, but your story is an important one. It's going to bring hope to others. And you, sister, as well, you also have a turnaround story, story that was locked up. I see you even in, like, I see a prison of others' makings, and God is breaking you out breaking you out of that prison, breaking you free from the limitations of words. And, you know, words that have cursed you are going to be broken. Those curses are broken by the name and the power of Jesus. Right now in your life, there's a new freedom coming all over you, like just like a breakaway of all the, all the barriers right now and a blessing uh, a wholeness is coming. Wholeness to your mind is coming right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Just, just so we can see you, my brother, that's clapping with you two. You're together, correct? Yes, you. Is she your bride? All right, just to be sure. I've done it before. Where I start prophesying, you two, and this, and I'm like, they're not even married. And that's awkward. You're like the Joshua and Caleb that I was referring to moments ago. There's a spirit of faith about the two of you. You've seen, you've seen the good days. You've seen the tough days. Even how the Lord brought you here. You've come out of a religious background where things weren't, uh, weren't fresh. The Lord brought you into this place where you, you began to drink fresh water. You knew what it was to taste of the static and stale. But the Lord brought you into a place of just life and fruitfulness. And, and there's just a, a spirit of faith. You believe in the next generation. It's like, man, there is a heart within you for the next generation. And I see that there is a, God's given you both brilliant minds. I don't know what you do for a living, but I see that you're calculated. You, you, you count the cost. You see the future. Everything has its proper place and systems and strategies and patterns. And I see the Lord just using the two of you to just not only just be spiritual coach and having lots of faith to encourage, but also in practical ways. Mentoring, mentoring young men, young women, young mamas. Like there's a heart within you. You've seen people make poor choices and even people right around your spheres of influence, they made poor choices. And it's like, you know what? I wish I could have just spoken something to help them. And God says that he's, he's, he's prepping you up for this new season to, to believe in the impossible, to believe the best in people. You have those moments of frustration where even loved ones just let you down and just the pressure, the frustration and you wanted it to step in and you couldn't. And yet God comes to turn that page and God says that he's going to use you. Your voice hasn't been silenced. And he's going to use the two of you. And I, I see you cheering people on, but then also in practical ways, teaching them, showing them how to put a budget together, how to have a, a plan for their life, how to get their ducks in order, so to speak, how to live a life of purpose, counting the cost for the days to come. And, and God's going to give you the right words to, 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 to say it in a way where they receive it from the two of you. God's pushing you to the front lines. You're not just going to be on the back lines cheering people on, but God's going to continue to push you forward. And resources already, you're, you're, you're already a couple that already are connected to resources. And God's going to continue to flow through you, through you. I see at times just the Lord just tugging on your heart. And he's going to place certain people on your mind and heart. And you're going to invest. You're not going to pay. You're going to invest into their destiny. You're going to invest into their future. The gift, undeserved, unmerited favor of God. For God's going to bless you. I see property, lots of property. I don't know if you own property yet, but I see lots of property. Lots. Lots. Claim it. Claim it. Raise a hand. Raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I speak provision from heaven, supernatural abundance. I declare breakthrough. I declare provision. The dam will break in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been serving us. I'm going to have, I'm going to prophesy over the newlyweds. So jump up next to your bride real quick. See, the, the, the problem with hanging out with the prophetic team is that as we hang out, we get to know each other a little bit more. So I've, I've heard a little bit of your story, but just stand up. I want to lay hands on the two of you. It wasn't an accident that the Lord brought you here. It was by divine orchestration. God, God, from the foundations of the earth, he saw it saw fit to bring you up here, to bring you down here, to bring the two of you together. And the hand of God rests upon the two of you. Young man, there's a strong call of God in your life. There's a mantle that God has prepared for you, and you're growing in it. Every day, every season, you're growing, and you're growing in your confidence. You're growing in your resolve. You're growing in the anointing. You're a man who loves the house of the Lord. You love the kingdom of God. It's like, man, you, you love being in the presence of the Lord. And the two of you, God, you, two of you guys are called to be a dynamic couple in the house. For God, even as, as you're growing, even now in this new season of your merry life together, God's going to continue to enlarge your influence, and he's going to continue to place a word within the two of you. I see the two of you counseling people. I see the two of you encouraging, uh, leading small groups. And I don't know if you lead small groups with the young people now, but there will be times where you'll be leading married groups, and you're going to be coaching them, and you're going to be giving them practical guidance. You saw dysfunction. You saw what it, what it is to see families split apart. And yet God preserved you. And from the pain of the, of the yesterdays, God has given you a renewed uh, heart to believe in covenant, to believe in that which is of God, to believe in the best, to believe for the best. From the tears and from the pain, God has placed a message within you. Young lady, you're going to preach the word. I don't know if you preach yet, but you're going to preach the Word of God. Uh, God's going to give you different platforms and opportunities to speak the Word. God's giving you a brilliant mind. You, you have integrity and discretion. You're also going to be able to communicate the Word of God effectively. It's going to find and pierce the hearts of many. many. Many young ladies, particularly in this season and eventually even more, but young women that need to hear the Word of God, God is going to give you the right Word. The Word in season fan into flame even those things that God has placed in your hearts in your heart in times past God comes to comes to breathe upon those even now God is going to anoint you he has anointed you the hand of God rests upon the two of you your home even though it might be simple right now it is filled with the presence of God it is filled with the presence of God and God says that peace will always reside there there will be no room for discord bickering bitterness pain all of that is behind God says you, you've come into a new covenant with him and your home is preserved it's sheltered it's protected for the Lord rests upon the two of you God comes to bless you and you're going to prosper you're going to prosper and prosper in relationships prosper in health prosper in finances you're going to prosper for the hand of the Lord a provision rests upon the two of you in the name of Jesus amen Yeah, just one more thing is that you have a, a great gift it's gonna be a great gift to your pastors you have um, ministry resilience in other words if you're gonna be a surgeon you need, you can't come out of surgery like cut the guy and blood came out you know you just you know it's just you just it's part of the territory part of the territory is we have in this room including me carnality 
you know, we have tension and things take place. It doesn't phase you, just people are people and, you know, bullets are bullets and bombs are bombs, you know, and demons are demons and, you know, people get riled and you just have a resiliency to you and both of you do, you're steady eddies. I mean, a hurricane can come through here and, you know, let's pick it up, let's rebuild the thing, you know, and just, you just have that comeback, hold on, you see the glass, both of you, the glass half full, not half empty. You've always got a positive perspective on everything, silver lining people. Pastors need that because they go into the depths of horrible despondency and depression. And so they need people to keep a silver lining thing, keep their perspective up. And you're going to be that Caleb and Joshua and just, we can do it, Pastor. We can cross over here. You're cheerleaders. You're, you're going to exhort the people. It's going to be very, very exciting. I mean, I'm excited about, about you. Hi, man. There's a... So brother, in the very back row, you got kind of an orange plaid type of a collar shirt, and uh, I think that's your wife sitting next to you on your left. God bless you. You're, you got it. Why don't you stand up real quickly here and bless your heart. You know, uh, you've been on a, on a spiritual journey. It's, been a, it's actually been a, a wonderful thing, but it's always a scary journey when you come into some new dimensions of God that may be a little bit different than your tradition and different than your experience. And I believe that is exactly what you've been going through. I have a picture of, of you kind of getting into a swimming pool. Now I do a lot of lake swimming. You just can't kind of get in there and acclimate. You just have to jump in the lake and freeze for about 30 seconds and your heart stops and then you kind of acclimate. But you've been kind of wading into the pool and catching the wave and the things of the spirit in, in many ways are, are new to you and there's a growing dimension in you. And the Lord first wants to say that, that to you that he has been in the middle of the drawing of you. There's, you've coming from a place of satis dissatisfaction to a place of being satisfied with him. We were thirsty, not for historical dogma, but we were thirsty for the living God on earth, and the God of that dogma showing up, the God of the scriptures being now. And uh, I, I, the then was great, but I want to see the then become now. And that's kind of what your heart cry has been. And, and God has been meeting you in that and doing new things in your life. And he's, he's broadening you, he's broadening the, the dimension of the spirit of God working in your life. And you're going to be doing things here in the future that are going to be really, really shocking to you that, that you find yourself doing that. Uh, things that maybe you thought were a little bit extreme five years ago, you're going to find yourself doing. And, uh, you know, you got, you got good orthodoxy in you, so you're never going to go too far off into the ditch. You're going to say, you know what, that's so goofy. It won't rattle you. You just know they just kind of came in a part of Christendom that's got some goofiness to it. But it's got some great scholarship, too, and it's got roots and acts and roots and tradition and roots in church history. And you're going to be able to join the old and the new. You're going to be Matthew 13, 52 people. A good scribe goes to the treasure chest and he draws out things both old and new. You're going to take the traditions of your past with the newness of the spirit of the present and be able to make a combination of that. And you're going to have a great ministry of opening the door to many people from traditions that get themselves trapped. Unfortunately, traditions can be very, very dangerous. Jesus said, full well you transgress the law of God, keeping the traditions of man. Traditions can keep you into a place of, of horrible disobedience. And it's Christian, it's spiritual, it's religious, but actually it can become demonic. 
and it can actually resist what God is doing. You're going to be breaking that off of people and bringing them into the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, bringing them into the voice of God, the sound, bringing them into God is not a cessationist. He's a continuationist. He started back in 30 AD, inaugurated the church, and he's still doing it now. We're experiencing the book of Acts right here, and you're going to be leading many people out of tradition and out of religious bondage into the freedom of the Spirit and the grace of God. God bless you. One more thing. One more thing. My buddy, Michael. Could you stand up, Michael? Mike's my bro. Is that your wife? You can have her stand up with you. God bless you. That's your son. I can tell that's your son. He looks like you. I, I know Michael, I had some conversations with him. Wonderful, wonderful brother. And, uh, um, you know, I just had a word up here, Michael, that one thing God wants to do for you, and it's going to happen in the next two or three years, he's going to lift the lid off of you. I, I feel like you, you, you've been kind of cruising, and I'm actually talking natural vocationally. You've been cruising at a particular level, and uh, you just have a way of maybe settling in that, and maybe you just don't have the, the mindset to breakthrough. You don't want to be too ambitious and too greedy and too moving forward. I think your wife is going to help take a lid off of you and you're going to, and you're going to see things you've never seen before of what God has for you, uh, even in the area of your own finances and your own vocation. And, you know, I know what he's, I asked him this morning what he did, but, but the issue is this, God's going to give you creativity, open doors of opportunity, I feel like God wants you to take a blank notepad or a blank, you know, notes on your iPad and just start writing down some dreams. Well, if I, if I could, if Jesus gave me a blank check, what, what, what would it be that I would go for? And then just start understanding that God, that you're a son and whom he's pleased with and, 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 he, and he's worked it mightily in you. You got more game in you than you even realize. Even in such a support capacity, God's going to put you in a place of leadership. If your guys are not leading a small group now, you need to. Okay, thus saith the Lord. All right, and you need to you need to go do that. I love that. That's so awesome. <laughs> There's a couple in the far back, just a couple of people down, right? At the very end, you kind of have a pink jacket on. Yeah, blue jacket. Yep, both of you guys. Uh-huh. Um, if you guys just wanted to stand up just for a quick second. I'm having you stand because I, I kind of felt like <laughs> I kind of felt like you told the told the Lord, like, I just want to be invisible. <laughs> but God is saying there's authority on your lives. Are you guys together? <laughs> okay. There's authority on it. And I saw you, I saw you having authority even in the business world. And um, I, I saw this large grand piano, this beautiful white grand piano. And I believe that God is just wanting to show you a picture of the beauty of what he's done inside your life. And, and, and he, he's done a work inside of you personally. Sister, you are a prayer warrior. Just, just, just sitting down with the Lord. I see you just, you just sitting down. It's very personal and God speaks to you in a powerful way. And, and I, I hear you both even saying, God, I want to be used, but I don't want to be noticed necessarily. And God is not saying that he's trying to make you be ones that would stand on the stage but he's given you authority in your realm in the, in the things in, in the circles that God has given you already he's given you authority in that place and he calls
calls you out even like a Gideon. He says, listen, I will give you what you need, both of you. I'm going to give you the tools that you need. And sir, I, I, I just see, I see, I see a steadiness about you. I see you never moving to the right or the left. You know exactly where you want to go. And God is saying that he's going to use that steady heart that was, is in you. He's pleased with that. He's pleased with your steady heart. I see you sitting down with the word of God and you just say, this is what it says. This is how it is. And I, I see you with maybe one or two young men around you and you're just teaching them this is how to read the word of God. This is what to do and this is what it says. And you're very plain about it. And God says he's pleased with you and he's going to use you. Amen. Yeah. And I called you guys out because in the middle of the night, God always does these things with me. He, um, he, he, he gave me a song that we used to sing when I was a little girl. And it went, it went, I hear the sound of an army of the Lord. I hear the sound of the army of the Lord. It's the sound of praise. It's the sound of war. It's the army of the Lord is rising. And I just believe that sound is happening in this place. I don't know if you can feel it, but the sound of a mighty army being raised in this house. And I, I also, at the same time in the middle of the night, I got the story of Gideon. And I was like, Lord, who's the story for? And it was for you, but it was for so many of us in this room where we say, God, I know that you want to use me, but I'm not sure if I'm good enough to be used. Or maybe, maybe if I have the right voice and God is saying he's raising up an army of those who would be bold like Joshua and Caleb, but also of Gideons who would rise up. And I see like a, like a torch, right? Do you know the story? In the story, the, 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 the army had dwindled down to a small amount and, the, and Gideon was instructed to give all of his, I think 300 people, a torch and it was a clay pot. And he said, when the sound, when you hear the sound, the enemy was afraid of the sound that was made when they, when they had warfare. And I just believe that God is putting in your hands, all of you, like a Gideon's anointing to be able to stand up and say, no, I actually am going to stand in boldness with what God has given me. And you know what? The enemy was afraid of something that wasn't even there. They didn't even know that there was, there wasn't even that many people behind them. But I believe in faith that as you stand up, there's an army of people that are maybe aren't behind you yet, but they will be. They will be. And as you stand in faith, it's, it's for saying, no, I'm going to stand up for the people in my life, in my community, my neighborhood, people I work with, knowing that as I stand in faith and as I, as, I, as I make a sound towards the enemy that tells the enemy we're coming and we're here, the enemy sees and takes notice that this church is going to make a difference in this valley and in this region. And every single one of you are part of it. I hear the sound of the army of the Lord. We should have had her preach this morning. Some fuego there. I, I, uh, it's funny because my wife, she pulled you two out and I had a word for you too. So I'm just going to, I will sprinkle a couple more thoughts. What you've done in secret, the Lord's seen. The small gestures, as you've done it to the least of these, the Lord says you've done it unto him. Your acts of kindness, your compassion, your quietness, just your demeanor. It's like the Lord, he sees that. He's gathered every single one of those moments. My brother and sister, you are precious in the kingdom. You are jewels. You, you are treasure in the house of the Lord. Those words that were spoken, those gestures, those, those gifts, the Lord has seen it all. And you never, done it, you never did any of that to be uh, noticed by man you do it because you just want to be a blessing quietly and anonymously but God has seen and he's blessing you he's honoring you well done well done my man you kind of came in a few minutes ago you walked in and um, God is redeeming time for you 
he's redeeming time for you. That means that there were years that were wasted, but God says, you know what? I am pushing the fast forward button. I'm, I'm putting you on the fast track of growth. I'm accelerating your journey. Stand up so I can kind of get a better look at you. There you go. There you go. Do you come to this church? Every now and then, yeah. See, but God's moving you from that little slow lane. And, and down in California, we have our fast track lane. And, and that's where you can go a little faster, you know. And God is moving you over into the fast track lane of growth. There's an acceleration. You're not going to be dazed or confused because God is resetting your vision to see the future, to see through his lenses. Um, the Lord is just, his hand is, is, he's been chasing you down. God's been pursuing you. It's like, you know, the Bible tells us about Jonah who kind of ran away from the purposes of God. But God's been pursuing you. Why? Because he sees value in you. He sees purpose in you. He was so crazy about you that he sent Jesus to die for you. And if none of us were here, he'd still send Jesus just to die for you. That's how crazy he is about you. I'll let you know that God writes straight even on crooked lines. Even from our past mistakes and choices that we've made, God, God actually undoes these things and he can actually bring order and clarity and purpose. You've seen some crazy stuff in your young life, haven't you? You've seen some shady stuff. You've seen some crazy stuff. But in God's mercy, he's preserved you. And from the ashes, he brings something beautiful, my man. And he's building you up. And I want you to do something crazy. Just, just step out a little bit. I'm putting you on blast like this, putting you on the spot. And just kind of walk towards me. Ain't crazy? Keep coming. Listen, man. You're like going to be Jacob, the man who wrestled with the Lord. There's going to be a limp to you, not, not necessarily physically, but there is something where you're going to be reminded of your dependency not on chemicals or 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 anything else you're gonna be dependent on God every day and you're gonna be reminded of your dependency upon him every day you've been branded by the Most High God he selected you you didn't choose him he chose you and right here today you weren't even expecting this this is crazy but that's how crazy God loves you that's how much he, he loves you and he sees value in you listen God comes to clear the past He's coming to erase memories and frustrations and all those different things. He comes to redeem you. He comes to redeem time. And God is now harnessing you. And, 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 and even today, you're going to sense a closeness of the Holy Spirit. Even as you leave this room today, you're going to sense the very presence of God. When you go home at night, it's going to be better than any high you've ever experienced before. You're going to experience the high of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized. You're going to be speaking in tongues. And there's going to, there's going to come a fire from within you. Better than dungeons and dragons. They're going to have a prophetic anointing. Those video games, they're nothing compared to what God is about to reveal to you. Ouija boards and witchcraft, all of that is submerged. It's buried because the blood of Jesus covers all of that. And you're going to have a prophetic edge to you. There is an edge to you. There is a, you've been branded by God. You wrestle with God and God won. Now your life belongs to him. He gave you a new lease on life. Is this trippy, man? Is this like crazy? There have been people praying for you. There's some people that have been praying for you. It's like a prodigal son in some ways. It's like been people praying for you, praying you right back into the will of God. 
Why don't you look at my eyes real quick? You got to believe this word. It's the prophetic potential I was telling you about earlier. I was preaching. I said, God has a prophetic will for our lives and we have to partner with him. He'll do the heavy lifting if you will trust him. Just raise your hands like this. Say, Jesus, I surrender fully to your will. My life does not belong to me. It belongs to you. I give you my broken life. Say it again. I give you my broken life. And I receive your complete life. In Jesus' name. Father, baptize him now. In the name of Jesus. Hey! In the name of Jesus. Break in the name of Jesus. All these bondages are broken now in the name of Jesus. Richcraft, we bind you. Spirit of torment, we bind you. Addiction, we bind you. And we speak freedom. The blood of Jesus drives all of that away. All of that away. Today he's baptized in newness, new life, new purpose, new direction in the name of Jesus. A trophy of God's mercy. A trophy of God's righteousness. I want you to look around. Look at these people. Look at these people. They love you. They love you. Welcome home, son. Welcome home, son. Welcome home in the name of Jesus. abundance this house is full of resources from heaven and oh I call this house to be a, 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 a granary that would save up would be storing in years of plenty for those nations that have lack oh I send out workers into the harvest oh just as the granary has been filling and filling in these days of plenty I will send out those choice workers to the places that have such a lack of the word of God and the lack of resources to develop even the small churches. Oh, I will be sending teams. I see teams into the Soviet Union. And if if you have a um, connection to somebody in the former Soviet Union in any of the any of the former Soviet bloc countries, could you raise your hand or maybe you have a burden for that part of the world because I have a burden for that part of the world and it, there's a few of you because you might not even know where it is, right? But there is um, workers needed in some of these countries and um, there are teams that do go to Moldova and uh, Estonia and Latvia and, and, and all the different, in Moldova, all those places that have such a dearth because of communism. Oh God, I just command, oh God, a, a blessing over this house as it is prospering and prospering and storing up. God, that you would release, you would release the workers to go into the harvest, oh God, in your timing as they prepare, oh God, as they strategize, as this leadership team seeks your will and your your direction for their next mission endeavors. I would just pray 
pray, oh God, right now, as you release the workers, as you call them out one at a time, you send special SWAT teams in the specific areas really prepared, really prepared for the places that you will send them, will be open to them, will receive them, will bear much fruit, will multiply as the kingdom of God will be extended into the dark regions of this earth. 